Hi everyone, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to this episode of the Team Success Podcast. I'm really excited because today we're gonna talk about how to be a partner and a true collaborator in your company. And I have a definite opinion about what this means and what it doesn't mean. And my definition is, really it's about valuing and respecting others' talents and goals as well as your own. Now I know that you're not probably a financial partner in the business, you don't have an ownership stake. However, in every other possible way, I want you to think about yourself as a partner. I want you to think of yourself as a creative partner, as an action partner, as someone who gets things done, as someone who is really proactive and is looking out for not just you in the company, but the company itself. Are you making sure that everyone has a really great client experience? Are you making sure that the team is looked after? If you're responsible for some of your entrepreneur's activities, are you looking out for them? That's really what being a partner means. And the thing I love about being a partner is it really implies some equality. Now that may not be how you're thinking about your role right now, but let me tell you why I think it makes sense or from which perspective. You see, your entrepreneur has a unique ability, something that they are really skilled at, that they are talented at doing, that they also have a passion for. It means they get to be a hero to a certain type of audience doing a certain type of activity and hopefully gets really, really well paid for it because that's what helps pay for your salary. Now, the thing about it is you also have a unique ability. You have a unique contribution to make that without it, things happen in a much slower way. It's more challenging. Other people don't do it as easily as you do. This could be everything from smoothing a client's feathers, someone who's a little bit upset and you're really good at calming them down. Perhaps you're brilliant at helping a team work together. You're a great mediator or facilitator. When you're around, teamwork happens a lot more easily. We know lots of people like that. Or maybe you're someone who's just really technically superb and you have a passion for diving deep into the details that other people don't. They time out and you keep going. That's really what we're talking about. So every single one of us has a unique ability to contribute and in that way, we really need to show up as being a partner. So that's what I want to inspire you to do. I really want to give you confidence that in your own way, and depending on your personality, you may be more extroverted with that, or you may be quieter about it. I don't want you to step out and be someone you're not, but I want you to really show up as someone who is contributing and fully engaged as much as possible, that you really value other people's talents and contributions, and you see how they're complementary to yours, and you're not shy about contributing your own as well. You know, if I look at Strategic Coach and how we've grown since I've been here since 1991, I was the sixth person. We're now well over 100. I've had lots of experience <laughs> at being a partner, not being a partner, and working with people who also fell into either category. And I have to tell you, there is nothing more satisfying than working with other people who are as engaged, as interested, and as creative as I am. And quite often, frankly, they inspire me to be even more fully a partner in the project or exercise that we're doing. That is fun. Work is not hard when you get to play at that level. It's really hard when you're working with someone who's not a partner, who only does their job, who doesn't really care about the bigger picture, who doesn't think they're being paid enough to contribute more, who's not fully what we would say batteries included. That is actually a very frustrating work experience. So I really strongly want to encourage you in whatever way, shape or form is possible for you to show up as being a partner. 
So let's talk about what that means. So really what it means to me, in addition to your unique ability, is that you're a collaborator. You're someone who works really well with others. You add in your suggestions. You may do it quietly. It may be in the form of a question. I find that's actually a great way to get your opinion across, especially if you're not terribly confident or don't think you're high enough on the totem pole to have a lot of say, is you ask a question. And she's usually like, are you aware that this is the situation? Or not sure if you knew this or not, but I think this might be useful to your thinking. Very gently, you insert your perspective. Does not mean that you come in with a war whoop, a tomahawk, and you're about ready to insert yourself in the situation. It's not a battle. This is really about collaborating and working with to get a much better refined result. And I have to tell you, the really intelligent entrepreneurs out there, certainly the ones that we get to work with at Strategic Coach, really welcome that kind of creativity and really welcome that type of contribution. They're like, oh, great, I hadn't thought about that. No, I didn't know that. One of the things that I learned from reading Lewis Schiff's book and hearing him talk, and this is the book Business Brilliant, he gave a presentation actually to some coach clients. And in his interview, he talks a little bit about this that I did with him. It's also on the website. Is He talks about the fact that for the ultra successful, the ultra wealthy, they are really superb at only 1.9 activities. Yet when he did their survey and their comparison with other people, particularly the middle class, the middle class thought that they were extraordinarily good at 5.5 things. I thought, well, that's interesting. The ultra successful are really, really, really good at very, very few things. <laughs> and most entrepreneurs I know fall exactly into that category. So guess what? If someone knows that they're really, really good at only a few things, guess what else they also know? That they're not really good at much else. <laughs> and they're usually looking for talent to show up and they're quite welcoming and often rewarding of people who say, you know what? I'd like to do this clearly a lot more than you do. Can we work together? And the answer is usually yes. So if you show up as someone who is a great collaborator who's contributing, but you have to value other people's talents as well, because if you put them down saying, I'm better, that's not a good recipe for collaboration. So there's not a lot of room for ego in this whole package. So the other thing is, it means being willing to go beyond your job description. Now, I tend to think that in a fast-moving, growing entrepreneurial company, a job description lasts, oh, about 10 seconds anyway, because it's going to be a new project, a new initiative, what we thought we were going to do or not. Now we're going to go off in a different tangent. And to some extent, you have to be willing to be able to roll with those changes. And so going beyond the job description and keeping your eyes open, being alert, curious, responsive, and resourceful in those situations allows you to be a much bigger partner. Also, if you think about it from just your talent perspective, you have a unique ability, a set of skills and talents, things you've learned, ways that you problem solve, ways that your personality works that are unique to you. Well, guess what? Those go with you into whatever situation you're in. So you obviously have something to contribute in every single situation, new or not. You just have to look at it from that perspective. So I like to go into situations asking myself, not always other people, but asking myself, what can I contribute? And here's the other wisdom of this. If I can't, I'm really quiet. I shut up. <laughs> I do not speak up. And I've learned, because I don't always have to have something to say, although people around me might contradict me on that one. But if I have something to contribute, I will. And if I don't, and quite often I'm much clearer now than I was when I was younger about things about which I know absolutely nothing. And I will now say, you know what? I know absolutely nothing about this. Anything you decide will be much better than what I could decide. And it's very freeing and very liberating to be able to say that. So again, it's knowing really where you can make a contribution and knowing yourself well enough to be able to do that. 
and then also knowing when you're not and being wise about that. But in terms of going back to the job description, it's really looking at that as a template, a guideline, but certainly not the end result. You know, if I look at any of the people in the studio here recording with me, I can tell you the previous jobs they had. I can probably name far more of the projects that were outside of the scope of their initial job description where they created enormous value. And because they're really passionate about those other projects and like to do them, guess what? That's what they do now full time. So the more you step outside and contribute in other areas, if you get your work done early, good. Ask someone who looks a little bit stressed if you can help. Take initiative. If you see something that needs changing or could be better, ask if that's okay or provide a sample and say, hey, I thought of a better way to do this. What do you think? Show them the comparison so they can really understand how your value creation works. That is how you show up as someone who really is a partner. I was just talking with my very good friend and colleague, Kathy, and she was telling me about some new ideas she had for the program and how the materials show up in the binder and something that's been bugging her about the tabs for a long time. And Kathy, being Kathy, thinks about this stuff all the time. And I said to her on the way back, we were going out to get some food, and I said, you know, one of the things I just absolutely love and appreciate about you is you're always looking for new ways to improve things. I said, as far as I was concerned, it was fine. It's been that way for 10 years. If I were in charge, it'd be that way for another 30. <laughs> but she's always looking at ways to make it better. And that's the difference at Coach between unique, where you have a passion for it, versus just excellent, where you're really good at it. I'm good at a lot of the design elements, but she is such a passion for it that she's going to make it far better than I would ever have the energy or creativity to do. So I feel very blessed to be working with someone like that who's always looking at making things better. And I know I do that in my area, too. We're all partners. Did anyone tell Kathy that she needed permission to go and do that? Uh, no. <laughs> she may check it with a few people to make sure it's cool because she's a collaborator, but she's always looking ahead and always looking to make things better, which I absolutely appreciate. So the last point I want to make about being a partner is it does involve doing something that can sometimes be a little bit scary. And this means speaking up. This means finding your voice, not just doing what you're told, and speaking up in a way that other people can actually hear you. You're not going to just tick them off and go, oh, that loud mouth over there. I don't want to hear anything more he or she says. That's not the reputation you want to get. But you do want to get a reputation for someone when they've got something important or significant or meaningful to say that's a contribution. You have a capability of getting your point across. And one of the things that I've learned is that people think they come across one way and almost always they come across a little bit differently. We all have a few blinders on about how we are perceived by others. Some people think they're shouting and to other people they come across as whispering. I can name two people in my thinking right now <laughs> that are like that. Other people think they're being quiet and I think they're being really loud. So you have to kind of check. This is where all your social cues are really important because you can get gauge from people how you're coming across. Now, if you want a phenomenal resource on how to become more capable about having what she calls fierce conversations, and that's also the title of the book by Susan Scott, Susan has one of the most articulate ways of having what I would call tougher conversations. First of all, there's just putting across your idea. That shouldn't, hopefully isn't too hard. But sometimes you have to have a conversation with someone that for you feels confrontational. It feels scary. One of the things I've learned is it's absolutely vital to reduce your own fear level so that you can come across the way that you want to. And what I love about the formula in Fierce Conversations is that there is a formula. She has a step-by-step -step process you figure out to present someone with information that they may not want to hear. You're clear on your points and you do it in a way 
that actually protects and builds and supports the relationship. This is not about annihilating anyone. For me, even though I can be straight, I can be someone who's quite clear and direct, you know, if I have something tough to say, I'm kind of like, I really don't like it. So that book for me, Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott, gave me a whole process and an enormous amount of confidence about how and why it's so important to have those conversations. So part of the intent of these podcasts is to give you some additional tools with which you can increase your own capabilities. Now, you probably, frankly, will find yourself using this even to start with at home, be it a child or a spouse or a friend, and then experiment over there, and then you may take it into the office as well, and you may do it in a very minor way, but it's brilliant because it actually, again, will have you come across the way you want to, to address sometimes challenging issues, and at the same time, really nourish and still support the relationship. And I want to close off by giving one example from Dan Sullivan, because he talks about his team a fair bit, and he works with a lot of different, mostly team leaders in the company. And one of the things he appreciates from people is pushback. Now, if you know Dan, he's a very self-assured guy. His modus operandi is to push. So if someone doesn't push back, he could be really far down the road, off track somewhere in the woods, the deep woods, (laughs) where he shouldn't be, unless there's some pushback from his team. And it's interesting because he's had several conversations with people encouraging them to say, you know what, you've caused yourself a lot of stress and pain thinking I thought, you know, one way when actually I thought another. If you'd come back and talk to me about it and given me some pushback, you could have saved yourself a lot of stress. So I have to say, I mean, that was a surprising conversation for the person he was having it with, but it was a very great coaching conversation to know that, again, most growth-oriented, successful entrepreneurs, they know they're not always right. (laughs) They can tell you the number of times they failed. But a lot of the ways that you can create value is by contributing your perspective. You may or may not always be heard, or they may not go in your direction. But if you're someone who speaks up, I guarantee you'll start showing up as really being a powerful partner in a long-term future with the company. Thanks very much. I hope this has been really useful to you and your thinking and your career. And as always, here's to your team's success.